Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. We're going to talk about some burden bearing here tonight for a few minutes in three different aspects of it, in three different ways. Galatians, Galatians chapter 6 and verses 1 through 5, burden bearing. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Verse 4, But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. If you noticed, it looks like a contradiction in the Scripture. We know there are no contradictions in God's Word, but the appearance of it, bear ye one another's burdens. And then it says, for every man shall bear his own burden. Well, which one is it? Do we bear one another's burdens or do we bear our own burdens? Well, both. And these are two different kind of burdens here. We're going to talk about three different kind of burdens all together this evening. And, and you know, to go to this subject, it's a subject I'm very passionate about. I don't know how often we, we really want to, to hear on this subject. But it, but it sure does hurt when someone falls out of fellowship with the Lord, falls out of the church. And, 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 and so the thought of deterring away from preaching on things like this, um, you see the need to do so when, when that hurts you so much. When someone falls away, I was taught early in my Christian life about the matter of, of dealing with sin and the importance of it in our lives for our spiritual health, for God's glory. So tonight we're going to look at three different aspects of burdens. We're going to look at picking up some burdens. We're going to look at burdens that are profitable. And we're going to look at a burden with a promise as we close, you know, and at the same time, I'm glad to share this message because it, it's great when there's a message for everyone here and every single one of us experience burdens. When we come into the house of God and we gather with one another and, and, and we hug, we handshake, we, we look upon one another in the church, you, you, can, you can just guarantee that everyone is carrying some burden of some sort. And we need to be able to deal with those things. Um, if you've brought a burden with you tonight, we're, we're going to share what to do about our burdens in several different ways. We're not meant to bear our burdens alone. Let me, let me say that as we get started. We are not to be overcome by our burdens. We have a Lord and Savior that's greater than our burdens. 
and, you know, getting bitter about our burdens, you know, they're coming. They're going to happen no matter what. We don't want to do that. So let's look at verses 1 and 2 I just read about burdens that we are to pick up. We are to help to get in underneath and, and lift up our burdens of our brothers and sisters in Christ. When, when someone has a burden, they are hurting. And, and in this case, you can, you can see that, that there's within this a backslidden burden. By verse 1, you have someone who is overtaken in a fault. The Christian who has got away from the Lord. They have been overtaken in a fault. And it brings them to a backslidden situation. And the worst thing we can do is ignore someone like that. They need to be helped. They need to be restored. This, this overtaken in a fault, it, it speaks of something specific. It speaks of one in a specific manner. This is someone who was in fellowship with the Lord, and they were serving the Lord. Now they're far from the Lord. It's kind of like one of those that you would say, what? So-and-so is out of church, and they're no longer serving the Lord. They were so faithful for so many years. I mean, that, that's the idea of, of what we're looking at with someone being overtaken in a fault. It's not someone who is laying down in sin. It's someone who has tripped and, and stumbled into a sin, and, and it has broken their fellowship with the Lord. It speaks of a specific situation. And so this is not speaking of the unsaved. It's not speaking of one that has just run off into sin or hiding it or, or anything like that. Uh, you know, it's about the one who has been overtaken in a fault. The one who was trying to get away from it, like we all are. We're trying to stay away from sin taking us over. I mean, this is a battle that we wake up to every morning. We desire to stay away from sin. Satan desires to sift us as we. We're never looking to lay down in sin. That's not the leadership and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But there is the stumbling that happens. And there is the tripping into sin that happens. You know, when, when we become saved by Jesus Christ, that doesn't mean we're above being able to sin. That, that old nature and the, the, the remains of it are still hanging around and always trying to get us to sin. The devil is busy at work trying to take down God's people. Satan is aiming to run us down. And he has, he has succeeded with some. You, several Christians may come to your mind through the years who they were serving, they were active, and now they're no longer here. And it's not because they moved to another state, or it's not because they're in another church. They have dropped out, and they're not serving the Lord anymore. I'm not talking about those who want their own way instead of God's way. I'm talking about those that you were impressed with the 
the, the walk, the character, the reputation of who sincerely served, and they showed it by the fruit in their lives. And now they're out of fellowship with God. They were living a blessed life, and now they're broken. They're not bowed up over it. They're, they're, they're broken hearted and they're burdened. And let me say something to us about that Christian. There, there is hope for that Christian. There is hope and it involves you and I for that Christian. There is a message here today for the one who wants to come back into fellowship with God. But there's not only hope for the overtaken one, there is also caution for the one who hasn't been overtaken. Look at the end of the verse. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Every single one of us could be overtaken in a fault. And so there is hope, though, for the overtaken one the overtaking one, so that they can be restored. You know, God doesn't just give one shot. God gives second chances. God is long-suffering with us, His children. You know, how many heroes of the faith can we look through the Bible at and see where they were overtaken in a fault? where they tripped and they were embarrassed about it and they, they were ashamed about it. We can read about them in God's Word over and over. And they were restored back to fellowship with God. Look at the chances that Peter had. You might not put much confidence in Peter as a young Christian. You might not have found him very trustworthy at times. But though Peter messed up, God wasn't through with him. And he didn't throw him away. You think about John Mark. And John Mark had the opportunity to go out in mission work. And he got homesick or whatever uh, went on with him. And, and he slipped away. And he, and, and he walked away from the ministry that he was in. And... And, you know, Paul was pretty rough on that. But along comes Barnabas. And he was used of God to get in underneath that burden of John Mark's with him and to pick him up. And he was restored. Paul even later said, bring John Mark with you. He's profitable for the work of God. God was not through with John Mark after he was overtaken in that fault. David got away from God, but David was refreshed to know that, hey, God restores. And in the most beautiful repentance that you'll ever read of in a record, it's David. And David says, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And David was restored as a result of that. The Lord did that very thing for him. And we are used by God to help one another to be restored. Brethren, if, any, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. That's an 
interesting word, and it's the idea, Restore, is of, of setting a broken bone, that, that, there would, that there would be healing, the bracing of that bone, that there would be healing, putting a bone back in place, and, and the fracture or the break, healing. I was thinking about Noah's collarbone break, and uh, it made me think about my brother's collarbone break. He was, he was at the park when he was a kid, and swinging with a girl on the swing set at the park and he thought he'd show off and he he jumped off that swing a little higher than he usually did and I guess he got front heavy and he fell down and broke his collarbone right there in front he didn't do anything ridiculous out of the ordinary he just went a little higher you know he he didn't he didn't need a lecture for for what he had done. He, he needed a sling to take the pressure off of that collarbone. That's what he needed. He didn't need to be neglected. He needed care for his, for his injury. He tripped, he became broken, and he needed healing. And this, so, so, so this one who has been overtaken in a fault, this isn't speaking of the one who's running to sin and, and, and covering it, but the one who stumbles in it. And they need us to provide a spiritual sling, if you will, so that they can experience healing in their lives and restored back to the things of God. That's what we want for every Christian. I've sometimes describe some Christians so desirous of seeing someone restored that, that they just, they're just the, the biggest fan, the biggest fan of that one. They are rooting for them and, and want to see them restored. Unfortunately, it doesn't happen with everyone. Demas was a fellow laborer of Paul. And he was serving with Paul. Paul mentioned him. He mentioned him once. He mentioned him again. But the last time Paul mentioned Demas, he said, He hath forsaken me, having loved this present evil world. And we never hear anything about Demas again. We, we don't hear of him being restored. Maybe he wouldn't accept the counsel. Maybe he wouldn't accept the bearing of, of the burden from another Christian to be restored. We can't make anyone be restored, but that is our job to go to one that they might be restored. The overtaken one, though, is a member of the body. And, and they're suffering. And as a result, it causes the entire church to suffer. And we are to restore them. We are to do what we can to, in obeying God to see them restored. To reset the broken bone. This is not just the job of the pastor either. This is the job of everyone in the entire church, you know. With, with Demas, you can't, you can't blame Paul for it. I mean, Demas made his decision and, and refused what was offered to help it. And so that was on Demas. And, and so as we think about this happening concerning a church... It doesn't say just the pastor here. It says ye which are spiritual. It's the job of every single one of us to get in 
underneath that burden of those which have been overtaken in that fault to lift them up. And we're to do that job in a spirit of meekness. You know, when one is broken, humbled, embarrassed, and ashamed over their fall, you know, we're to gently restore them. You know, I, I have sat with some people before in this condition through, through the years. And, and they thanked me and thanked me and thanked me. And I felt like I didn't hardly do anything. I tell you how easy it is for someone to be restored. Sometimes you just have to make yourself available and be there. And, and, and God walks them through it. And you, and, you leaving, and you leave feeling like you've hardly done anything. When one is, is broken, we are to, to help them to be restored. We're to consider something else in this business again of restoration. I'm going to mention again, and that is it could happen to every single one of us. Where someone else is in this trip, in this slip, being overtaken, we could be there ourselves. We're to help another to pick up their burden. There, there's to be a, that's God's plan. There's to be assistance from others in this process. But there's also self-acknowledgement. I mentioned that 51st Psalm, and, and though, though we're to get in and bear one another's burdens, that doesn't mean we can do the whole thing for them. And so there has to be self-acknowledgement. Again, in this beautiful repentance of David, he says uh, himself, against thee only have I sinned. David did business with God. The one overtaken has broken fellowship with God and has a guilty conscience. And though there is the help of restorers, it, it can't happen unless there is personal repentance. And I tell you what, when I think about my, my early teaching and help on this subject, that is nothing to delay about. That is nothing to play around with at all because the devil is going to accuse that overtaken one. They're not going to hear him out loud, but one way or another, he is going to get a, a message across to them. He is going to whisper in the beginning, go ahead, go ahead and do this. No one will know about it. And then time goes by after it's done. You can't, you can't go back. You can't go back to the people. Look what you've done. No one will receive you. It is dangerous to delay concerning this subject for the one overtaken in a fault and for the ones who are called to be restorers in this situation. We must really sincerely, repentantly talk to the Lord about it because the devil is going to be talking to us in his own way. We must respond to our fault with Holy Spirit conviction. If not, there's going to be some satanic accusation that's going to be going on. We become, we become better and we come clean with God over our burden. And when we do, look, the church is relieved of it. And the church is, 
is able to breathe again over it. And, and we, we're always to be looking to restore that one. Why? Because we're the family of God. Because we're the church of God. We're fulfilling the law of Christ when we do this. The law of Christ is to love and to receive those overtaken in a fault. They're not laying down in sin, but they have tripped and they're em embarrassed over it and they are convicted over it. And, and, and some will walk away and let pride get the best of them. And we need to be there to restore such a one. We need to obey God and we need to go to them. We can't, we can't make them receive our help. We can't make them receive the help of, of, of us getting in under their burden and trying to help them. You know, through the years I've seen those that have, they, they've just refused the help that was offered to them. We can't make anyone receive it, but, but it's worse if we ignore them. We must go to them that they might be helped. We need to pick up the burden of another. And they need to pick up their burden and, and pass it on. And I don't mean to another. I mean, I mean pass it away out of their lives. You know, in thinking about that and the importance of the church and, and the church is being written to here, and this is the process of, of restoring one that's overtaken in a fault. You know, when, when, you, when you think about the process of people, and, and people looking to join a church, and people looking to uh, be a part of a church family. You know, a lot of people are going to look on the lifestyles of the members to determine what kind of confidence they can place in the church. It's, you know, it's important when, when one's in the membership of the church. It helps or hinders our witness to others. People will be more persuaded by the sermons preached if the lives they see are under spiritual conviction. The lives we live are to be a testimony of who Jesus Christ is in our lives and what He has done for us. Uh, the Bible says we are living epistles. We are living, walking letters for God. And, and if we're going to be fishers of men and win lost souls, we, we can't have holes in the nets. We need to pick up the burden of another. And they need to take that burden to the Lord and, and get rid of it. But let's look at a burden also that is profitable tonight. We're just going down from verses 1 and 2 to verses 4 and 5. And we see another burden here. It's a different word and, uh, than the last burden. The last word we just shared speaks of a heavy crushing load that that comes upon someone resulting in being outside of the will of God. It's, it's something that weighs you down. It, it's something that, that'll send someone outside of fellowship with God. But this burden has something to do with, with something that is useful and profitable. Something that could save our lives. 
The former burden is tripped into by the Christian. This burden is something that God lays upon us. It, the burden that God lays upon us, it keeps us from a life of ease and it gives us a more disciplined life. And so these are burdens that God expects us to stay under. There are burdens we are to help our brother and sister with to be relieved of. And, and, and it's a backslidden type of burdening that happens. But this is a burden that comes from God and no one can help us with it whatsoever. And it's one that we are to stay under. No one can help us with this burden. It, it, it can't be delegated to another. There can't be teamwork coming up against this burden. And it's easy to consider what some of these burdens might be. Coming to Christ as Lord and Savior, no one can trust Jesus for you. It, God doesn't have any grandchildren, only children. Some people... I've, I've known of it written on Facebook that they exalt being of a Christian family. And thank God there's Christianity in their family. But they're not a Christian themselves. But it's as though they're counting on God having grandkids. But God has direct personal children with, with everyone uh, who comes to Him by faith. So, so no one can take that burden off of someone. No one can, can be saved for someone else. It, it, it just can't happen. But also, you know, no one can confess for us. No one can go before God for us and, and confess anything to Him for us. That is something that we must do ourselves. No one can love the Lord for us. No one can do that in our place. That is a burden of our own that we are to bear. We are to love Him. You know, parents would do the, these things for their children if they could. Parents would, would bear those burdens if they could for their, for their kids, for their family, but it wouldn't work because every man must bear his own burden. Paul wished himself that he could go to hell for his countrymen in their place. And he, and he knew that wasn't possible. He knew that couldn't happen. It's an expression of his passionate desire that those souls would be saved, but he couldn't pay their price for them. He couldn't take that upon themselves. There are certain things in our Christian life, and they are our responsibilities and we ourselves are to fulfill those responsibilities. And when we do fulfill those responsibilities, those burdens become blessings in our lives. There's another type of burden I want to talk about, and that is a burden that comes with a promise. And you can turn with me, if you would like, over to the 55th Psalm and the 22nd verse. Psalm 55 and 22, we find this word burden again. And it says, cast thy burden upon the Lord, 
and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Wow. Well, this is David. And David is a king. A king has burdens too. Everyone has burdens. Burdens get to high places. We can't run so far that we would get away from our burdens. We can't have enough of anything in this world to exempt us or to to have us to overcome being burdened. There's the burden of sin. There's the burdens that we are to bear of others. There's the burdens that we are to bear of ourselves. And then here, cast thy burden upon the Lord, and He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. This is speaking of the problems in life that come our way. And these are things that are to be cast upon the Lord. We have a promise with these things that the Lord will sustain us when we cast our burdens upon Him. Some examples, how about physical illness? That's a burden that comes along in our lives, and that is something that we can cast upon Him. How about relationship issues? How about family relationship issues? Church relationship issues? Something that that when we look at every scenario of how we think it will work out, everything's a dead-end road, and, and oh no, what's going to happen? This is just not going to work. Cast that burden upon the Lord, and He will sustain you and I. Sometimes we may have a burden given by the Lord, and it's simply so that we'll give it back to Him. That's something good for us to to learn, to know, to have exercised and experienced in our lives. Some people think God's in too much of a hurry. Some people say they don't want to bother God. I say accept His open invitation to cast your burdens upon Him. Someone the other night said, well, I know the burdens of others are so much larger and so much harder to deal with than what I'm going through. And and I feel bad doing that. Look, if it is big in your life and it is causing some hindrance in your life, look, that's big enough. And you cast that upon Him. He's not measuring your burden to another. He knows how it's affecting you and He wants to help you with the burden that you are facing. Cast it upon the Lord and He will sustain you. This burden bearing comes with a promise. When He bears the burden, He has a promise that He gives us of sustaining you and I. We are given that burden sometime that we might give it back. And, and, and what might play out in that just may be the idea of, of us not spending enough time with the Lord, maybe us not relying on the Lord the way we should. And along comes 
some kind of burden in our lives. And it turns us to Him. And it turns us to Him more. More than we were. And we're talking to Him more. And we're depending upon Him more. We see our helplessness more. And we see how hopeful that we can be in Him. And we're in a better condition with the burden than we were before we had the burden because we're taking it to the Lord and we're casting it upon Him. Well, bear one another's burdens. Let's bear our own burdens. Let us bring our burdens to the Lord for Him to bear for us. And, you know, as we, as we go ahead and close... I think about the, the burden of sin on the one who's unsaved and, and what someone might be thinking they're doing to lighten the load of that burden. We're not going to get better and it's by attending more church and, and white-knuckling it and doing the best we can in our own ability to be able to overcome it. That we're going to get crushed by that burden of sin if we do that. But if you're here tonight and you have never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you have a burden that you can't bear. You are not going to be able to come out of that burden on top, on your own, or any other way than coming to Jesus. Is there anyone here tonight? Is there anyone listening in online? and you have never had your burden of sin lifted, which the business of it has already been taken care of through Jesus Christ. He was beaten and battered and, and, and bloodied on that cross beyond recognition, and He died and took our penalty for our sins, was buried and raised again. He took your sin burden. And, and you don't have to go through the religious life of doing everything you can all your lives to try to achieve God when He is freely offering Himself through His Son and the gift of His Son, Jesus Christ, that you might receive Him completely right now, freely as your Lord and Savior and have that burden of sin lifted. So for the Christian tonight, we have some responsibility with burdens. We have burdens to bear. But praise the Lord, we realized we couldn't bear that burden of sin, and Jesus saved us from our sin. And if there's anyone here tonight, would you simply, would you simply submit to the Lord? Would you simply say, okay, I realize that, that my sin is too much for me, but Jesus took it upon him. So Jesus, I, I trust him. I trust Jesus to save me from my sins tonight. If that's you, will, will you be saved tonight? Will you trust the Lord? He is, he is searching your heart right now. He is drawing you right now. If this is a time where you are troubled and you don't have peace, the people of God rejoice in their hearts to hear about the gospel the life-saving gospel by, by grace, freely. But if that's troubling you tonight, would you be saved? Because I know that God is not willing that any should perish.
but that all would come to repentance. You do business with God and obey Him as He leads you. Let us pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you again. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, just to, to learn these truths, something we've never known before, something we've ne never known before we were saved that is your plan and your process in the church. We never knew how to deal with our own burdens. Lord, we consider a, a world out there tonight and, and they don't know how to bear burdens and we, we see what's going on in response to that throughout the world. But we thank you for your word. We thank you for saving us. We thank you for instruction. And dear God, may we be ever so sensitive to bear one another's burdens, Lord. And we understand the responsibility of our own spiritual burdens that, that we have to bear. We're responsible for them before you. And we thank you. We wouldn't make it without you, Lord. Without you, we're nothing. But you lead us to cast our burdens upon you. And we thank you for taking care of us. We thank you for the promise of what you'll do as a result of us casting our burdens upon you. Lord, may we depend upon you tonight. Dear God, may, may we see ever so clearly how much we need you this evening. And Lord, may we walk daily in sweet fellowship with you, full of joy, knowing that you have made precious promises to us and you'll take care of us, Lord. May we enjoy our Christian life. May we enjoy walking in fellowship with you. And we thank you for the words that you have given us tonight. And whatever they're doing in hearts, Lord, I pray that your people would respond. And that you would move upon hearts in Jesus' name. Amen.